Welcome, everybody, to another live recording of the Linking the Travel Industry podcast, where we discuss travel industry news you are talking about on LinkedIn. We absolutely welcome audience participation. After all, we are here to link the industry. So if you have a comment on any of the stories we discussed today, please feel free to take part. My name is Rian, and I'm one of your hosts today. I am the CEO of Agentivity, where we make it our mission to elevate the service ability of travel management companies, whilst also eliminating disruption caused by bookings being made in multiple channels. And I'm Anne, and I'm a consultant with LeapShift. Happy to help you with anything related to retail, NDC, one order and distribution. I also work as an instructor with both IOTA and Aeroclass. Hi, everyone. My name is Ash, and I'm the host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel, where we give you only the important updates in under 15 minutes. Additionally, I'm the vice president at Traxo, and this is Linking the Travel Industry. So, Ash, it's good to see you back. You had a visit to GBTA last week. What was your overall impression of GBTA? What stood out for you there? What stood out for me and everybody else that was there was the heat of Dallas, Texas. We were well over 40 degrees the whole week, which was absolutely insane. But other than that, the event actually was executed without a hitch. Uh, Lots of good information, a lot of good content, a lot of good sessions. I was lucky enough to be one of the moderators for a procurement session. But outside of that, there was tons of different speakers, of course, all lined up. The expo was really good. The one thing that was different this year that was not the same as always was the fact that they took out one day of the conference. So that seemed to be a little bit of a bummer conference was literally over than 48 hours. And normally that's not the case with GBTA. It goes on for three days. So a lot of companies took opportunity to make big announcements at GBTA as they always do every year. Uh, So this year was no different in that way. That's right. We'll talk about some of those announcements for sure. So for those in the audience, thank you for giving us your time. It's fantastic to see the familiar faces and also some new faces there. So thank you again for joining us. The format of this discussion here is about a post I do on a Friday where I've tried to round up the most talked about travel industry LinkedIn stories, and then we discuss them in a bit more detail here. And as mentioned, you are more than welcome to take part. So kicking off my list of stories, it started with BCD Travel announcing a management tool for unprofiled travelers yeah you know what guys i kind of feel we should get a jingle for what only now isn't it so and we've we keep talking about stories where we go only now is this what you're doing now? <laughs> don't you think you just you just took the words ah. out of my mouth i was just about to say what did i miss here is this <laughs> happening now shouldn't this have happened what years ago thank god it's just not me yes we should get a jingle for that i agree Ash, what did you make of this? Are we being a bit silly here or is it not really a story? Maybe BCD was stressed being able to announce something last week and this was the best that they can come up with. It's kind of a really horrible word to say, unprofiled traveler, right? Imagine you're the traveler and you're told that, oh, you're one of the unprofiled travelers. Like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, do I want to be profiled? Do I not want to be profiled? So for me, this whole thing was weird. Very weird. Mohit, you've raised your hand. Thank you for joining us. What are your thoughts on the story? And please do a quick intro if you can. Sure, and good evening. Hello, guys. Hello, everybody. My name is Mohit. I'm one of the regular listeners of this amazing live show. And I also work as a PM for flight. Yeah, the profile management bit has always been a lot of lot cumbersome to manage. I've worked with, you know, especially on the TMC front. I think we can do a better job on that. And, you know, as uh, you guys were saying, I'm just surprised that this was not done earlier. And I think it's just the announcement season. Announcement season, indeed. Again, that's another thing we need a jingle for, right? So um, next announcement came from SAP Concur. Well, I mean, indirect, they announced that they're doing an, quote, overhauled 
version in quarter four via Sabre. And no doubt this includes, you know, updates to their NDC capabilities. And then Travelport made a strange announcement. They said they will integrate with them. And then again, in quotes, in 2024. Um, that's a big step though for Travelport. So fair enough. They, they're keen to make that announcement. I'm a bit surprised that they make that so far ahead of time. Ash, do you agree with me there? I do. And this is quite funny because this was actually talked about at the conference in the hallways and all that. SAP Concur has been talking about this version for at least two to three, if not four or five years now. It's not a new story. And then they, of course, couldn't get it together. So they had to go to Sabre to help them do it. It's a very strange story. And then Travelport saying, oh, in 2024. I mean, it just, the whole thing just seemed to be made up. Let's see. I mean, they're saying overhaul version has been said, you know, two years running now. Ash just said it all. I also find it very strange that it's taking this long. I don't understand what's the problem here. It's a tad sad, actually. And and the other thing about this is that, you know, we have travel managers around the world who are so dependent on Concur Travel now. And it just seems to be one of those things that can get kicked down six months every every six months. And so people keep crossing the figures, hoping for the best, but nothing changes. And so this has been going on. This has been a saga for travel managers, and it's been very torturous for them, I think. Ash, whilst you're on, you must have picked up on this very silly little story. Not really a story. I just caught my attention because there's rumors of a new airline coming out of Texas. Do you think it's true? I give this airline the ability to launch at a 0.0%. 0.0%. Okay. Very optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, just to explain for the audience, I saw this in a post by, I'm not connected to this button, Nabil Jeffrey, and it was just a little graphic. I'm sure it's mocked up, and it just says, coming soon, a new concept in flying. Well, isn't that called an air? Steeped in traditional Texas hospitality. So I'm very curious about this. Maybe it's going to be electric, but out of Texas, I'm not so sure. And by the way, there are two other airlines that are based in Texas called Southwestern Americans. I don't know how they feel about it. So uh, speaking of announcements at GBTA, one of the, the one of those that came out there while you were there, Ash, was the fact that they said global business travel spending will surpass pre-COVID levels by next year. Um, but that's no surprise, surely. It's not a surprise. And I think it's actually on track with what GBTA mentioned last year, maybe two years ago. I think the majority of the new spend is going to come out of Asia, right? I agree there as well. And, and definitely we're going to see, as we know, uh, immense growth out of Asia. And I'm I'm not surprised at all. Well, sorry, Emma, what about the increased airfares, right? I mean, airfares are really, really high at the moment. So isn't it natural for me that spending will increase, right? I mean, it's just obvious. That spending will increase, yes. We're seeing, obviously, companies, you know, justifying their spend. Actually, you know, what makes this uh, recovery more interesting is the fact that, you know, on the capacity side for air travel, at least, uh, we were still 15 to 20 percent less. And the article did say, you know, the average spend per trip is now around $1,018, which is around an 8 percent increase. A very interesting story, which surely is the story of the week. I find this a, a fascinating uh, post. And, and I saw this in a post by Johnny Solson from Spotland, and he commented about this extensively. Um, and if you're not following Johnny, you should. posted about ASTA, the American Society of Travel Advisors. They filed a request with the U.S. Department of Transport against American Airlines to, and I quote, restore all its content to the Elifact distribution channel. Extraordinary story, and I'm sure you have a, a very strong comment about this. Yeah, it just makes me tired, right? But then again, we can we can argue what what does restore mean at the same price levels or with surcharges or what does it actually mean? 
Well, first of all, it seems like everyone's sort of woken up sort of 10 years later. And all these people who obviously were saying, oh, this is never going to happen, are sort of saying, oh, my God, it's just happened. It really surprises me. And, and then you see so many comments on the Johnny's post on yeah. progress and we need to move forward, right? I'm, I'm, I'm really shocked. Ash would know this much better. Ash, your inside contacts there, the Department of Transport, what are they saying about this story? <laughs> okay, so you have to understand that the agency community is obviously pissed off about all of this because it's making them crazy. So ASTA, being that they get their money from the agency community, has to say something to help uh, pacify their membership. So this is what they're saying. Whether they believe it or not is a totally different topic. But then on the other side of this is that this is the age-old problem we have in the industry where you have to follow the money, right? And if you follow the money, then you know full well that the airlines, of course, uh, have been paying the GDSs, the GDSs have been paying the, the agencies. And until that model does not get corrected and the flow of money does not go the opposite direction of where it's going today, that this will never change. Yeah, I agree with you there, Ash. Uh, have you noticed that the fight seems to, it seems like there is a lot of lobbying going on at the moment? Uh, and of course, we knew this as the Americans were getting into the game, right? The lobbying seems to be pretty intense at the moment. Okay, let's take a bit of a break, guys, just to turn to the audience and say to them, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time today. I'm especially pleased, and he's probably not going to like me calling me out for joining us today, but Kenny Sterling from Bluecube, I'm very happy to see you join us. Thank you for giving us your time. I know you're very busy. Uh, Christopher, good to see you. Ksenia, all the familiar faces. It's Vimala's here. Um, Pedro, you're joining us. So thank you very much for giving us your time. The purpose of our... Uh, let's call it in brackets show here is not to just bring you the news but also to make sure that you are connected to others in the industry so if you see anybody in the audience there that you're not connected to i encourage you to connect to them and then we also do a shout out to a link of the week um which um is somebody that they know we're going to call them out and then we, we encourage you to connect to them and our link of the week this week is uh, chris chris finneran from travel Ports. Chris, thank you for giving us. I know you've been on this many times. Um, Chris used to work at CWT for a short while, right, Chris? A, a little while. And now he's with Travelport in Canada. And um, Chris is a veteran of the industry, so make sure you are connected to him and chat to him. And um, you never know, it might come up uh, you know, useful in the future. It's always good to have these connections. So that's our purpose here, to make sure you are connected to others in the industry. So Chris, well done for being our link of the week. And thank you for giving us your time. And again, to everybody else in the audience. It's great to, to see you here. And um, we are having a lot of fun doing this show. So um, there we go. That's our link of the week. So back to the to the news. Um, I had a very interesting post. We, we keep saying this, but if you're not following Will Halton, that's W-I-L-L Halton, um, you should do. He's an excellent um, contributor on LinkedIn. Will Halton wrote a really good piece about the position that Australia is finding themselves in with the limitation that they put on foreign carriers. And there's a quote in that, which um, is you know, really is interesting to see, but it, it, he said, once again, the interest of the national carrier is not always in the interest of the nation. So he was very critical of the Australian government's um, position there on foreign carriers. And I'm sure you agree with Will, right, in his position on that uh, situation there. I do. And I want to, to echo that as well, that it's really worthwhile following Will. I, whenever I see a post from Will, I know it's a good read. And um, he also made me think 
about that. You know, I, I really, because we talked last week about Turkish Airlines and Thai. And, and of course, yes, that is an opportunity for, you know, to, to anyone who can, can leverage Thai coming into to Australia. Of course, that makes that makes perfect sense. It always opens my eyes to seeing something differently or from a different angle whenever I read his stuff. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, the politics in this industry is um, a bit shocking, isn't it? And, yeah. and it's... Uh, not necessarily in, in the, the best of, of, no. of interest. And there's a related story that I saw that I want to talk about. But um, just before I do, Ash, I know this is a long read. Did you have a chance to read this? The thing that struck me outside of what Anne just said is the fact that this move from wide body to narrow body flying, right? I mean, Boeing's been pushing out this, you know, let's go single aisle on international route and be more fuel efficient, which, of course, is music to the ears of the airline. But it's not really the right approach, in my opinion, when you think about where things should be going, right? Talking about things like carbon footprints and other things like that. I think we're choosing the wrong road to achieve the results. And I think that we need to focus on returning some of the wide body flying as opposed to the smaller planes. That's absolutely spot on. And it relates to a post I saw by Pedro Castro, who's normally on, on here and, and comments. So it's slightly related. It's not exactly the same thing that he mentioned in that post because he talked about, you know, the American Airlines issue that they're having with skip lagging and people, you know, buying segments for an onward destination, but not following through. And in that same post, he mentioned about the, the Qatar Airways ghost flights operating in Australia just to avoid, you know, or stick to, depending on your side of the view, some of the rules there. It's atrocious that these things have to happen in an era where we are all trying to reduce emissions. So I was, I was very shocked to read about that Australia government position on foreign carriers. Okay, and then a post I'm sure you both saw, written by Dennis, Dennis Karl from uh, Schgift. It was interesting. There's, a, there's definitely a story behind the story here. There's a, he wrote about Booking.com's purchase of Itra Valley Group, continues to face challenges, and they're doing some interesting moves there to satisfy some of the EU regulators. But it, it seems a very complex story. Any insights you can provide us with here, Anne, from your side? It is a very complex story. Um, I hear a lot about it. What really fascinates me, and I think I've commented on that post is um, I fully understand booking uh, in, in their acquisition because, I mean, eTravelI will give them everything that they've been looking for on the flight side of, of the business. So that will make them equal to the capabilities of Expedia. I find it very interesting that there's so much against this acquisition because, I mean, hey, when we look at the airline IT business, we know we have a duopoly and we have two airline IT providers who control the distribution side of the business. We have very sort of similar scenarios. I would see it as a great opportunity for Booking.com. And I understand why they're going down the, the kayak route I think that Mahit probably has uh, more insights into this. Uh, not really, and I didn't want to disappoint you there, though. I think it's going been going on for a while. You know, yes, we are already talking about uh, workarounds of how Booking might not exploit its market position, you know, to offer hotel booking via kayak and not booking. I don't go on booking.com to book my flights. I go on booking and agoda to book my hotel. And then 
you know, I've already booked my flights uh, by then. So I'm kind of lost in the flow of this workaround, how they want to solve it. It's very complex. I think we need more clarity. Absolutely. Ash, any comments yeah. on the story from your side? And there's a business element to all of this. I know we're talking, you know, yeah. booking at, at a very big level, kayak at a very big level, but there is the booking for business and kayak for business element, which is a huge play for booking on both fronts to acquire a lot of the business travel side of the business. For them, they're looking to crack business travel. We mentioned last week, or was it the week before? I'm not so sure about Pakistan International Airways being in trouble again, financially, etc. But I see they got in the news because they are now going to be privatized. So the Pakistan government has made that decision to push ahead and make get them privatized. So that might be the answer to that. Ash, I recall you saying that need a big reset. Maybe that will be it, right? Yeah, let's see. I mean, I'm not really sure what that means because most companies are not prioritized to begin with there. So, right. you know, you are dealing with some element of government control no matter what. To say that I want to privatize is easy to say. Doing it is really hard. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then I mentioned this before, but I did see a very interesting post by Pedro Castro about, I think it's called skip lagging and how that relates to emissions and a story revolving American Airlines. I'm keeping an eye on that story and I think we can discuss it next week in a bit more detail and see if you can join us for that. So, um, I have a quick quiz, and it's specifically going to be aimed at Ash. Oh, no. Who are the Matildas, and what connection do they have to the aviation industry? Say the name of the company again. It's not a company. It's just a, a group. It's called Matildas. I have no idea who they I'll are. I'll give you a clue. Do you know that stone waltzing, waltzing Matilda? While Ash is thinking, Anne, any thoughts? Do you know who the Matildas are? Are the Australian football team on the women's oh, side? Well done. Well done. So Thank are, you. They are the <laughs> Australian women's football, or as you say, soccer team, Ash. And the reason why... Oh, that's why I was thrown off. Football. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Lame excuse. And what I love about the story is that the Australian airline Bonza is going to name one of the aircraft after them. Did you see that, Anne? Yes, I saw that. Yes. Lovely. Yes, Lovely. very good. And so whilst we are talking about soccer or football, let's say congratulations to the Spanish football team for winning this weekend. Did you know that was going on, Ash? I did know that, actually. Yeah. And I think this is their first win or something in a That's very right. long time. Yes, that's the first one. Yes. So, yeah, very nail-biting game. So, um, yeah, interesting uh, interesting one there. So those were the stories on my side, guys. Um, any extra stories from your side, Ash? I do. I don't know if you have it queued up. Uh, if you don't, I can move forward anyway. Space News! Yeah. All right. So normally we would give you news of something that's already happened on the show from a historic perspective. But uh, today I'm going to give you guys something to look forward to. So in a couple of days, there'll be a huge attempt being made by India and the Indian Space Research Organization. We had talked about this uh, on the show several weeks ago when India launched their rocket into space. And there was a update uh, where the space shuttle went into orbit around the moon. But this week, and I think the date is uh, this Wednesday, the 23rd, uh, we will see India land their aircraft on the moon. Uh, this will be the uh, Chandrayaan-3 landing on the moon after a failed attempt in 2019. Uh, India will be the fourth country, if I remember this number correctly, uh, to attempt to do this. So congratulations to them in advance because I'm expecting this to go flawlessly. And I think it's going to be an amazing historical moment for the folks of India everywhere in the world, as well as for India itself. Can you imagine being there and witnessing that and being part of that? That must be incredible. And anything else from your side? 
Yes, well, first of all, and, and you know, I always like uh, something that is really positive. I think something that we see far too little of in this industry is various companies, or I would say smaller companies, congratulate one another on progress. And I saw it was really nice to see Spot Nana. They had a post congratulating Aeronology on the, the latest release of um, Aeronology's complimentary booking tool for corporate facilities. And I just love it because we don't see a lot of that. You know, the smaller players, they sort of act like they're fierce competitors. And of course, they are competitors, but it's just so nice of them complimenting and congratulating one another. I wish we could see more of that. Oh, absolutely, Anne. But can you explain to me, what does it mean if it says it's a complementary booking tool? My understanding is that they offer, as part of the aeronology package, the IBE itself is complementary. So okay. it's, it's So if the agent uses the aeronology platform, then they can extend a version of that? Yes. Well. I mean, they will okay. be paying for the aeronology platform yes. or bringing together all the content, yeah. right? But they yeah. will get a booking engine to go with that. And of course, this is this is something that we've seen often in the in yeah. the industry. I mean, we, we see it we from should. the PSS providers, etc., right? That yeah. booking engine is for free. Wait, so so is this is this complimentary and complimentary? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very complimentary post indeed, yes. And thank you very much for those two extra stories. Um, I think that's it from all of our sides. Um, from me, just to say to the audience, thank you for joining us again. We do this weekly, so we'll see you here next week. And and Ash, thank you very much. And Mohit and Chris, thank you for being our link of the week. Over to you, Anne. Yes, thank you very much, everyone, for listening in. And a special shout out to Chris, of course. Thank you all for joining today's session. We host this LinkedIn call every week on Monday, and it is all about linking travel industry. Please do share this event with anyone that you know. Chances are high that if you enjoyed today's session, others that you know will as well. And if you cannot make it because of time zone availability, the session is available as a podcast on Business Travel 360. This is Linking the Travel Industry, signing off. Mm-hmm.